Email marketing is as old as the technology itself. With the advances in analytics, AI, and interactivity, today's email campaigns don't look like anything from even five years ago. But have the underlying theories changed with the times? On today's AV Social, we'll take a fresh look at email marketing, the best practices for today, and helping you get the most out of your email lists. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Social number 49, recorded on Monday, July 29th, 2019. Dirty Databases. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by... Sure. Sound extraordinary. Email marketing is as old as the technology itself. The advances in analytics, AI, and interactivity, today's email campaigns, don't look like anything from even five years ago. But have the underlying theories changed with the times? On today's AV Social, we'll take a fresh look at email marketing, the best practices for today, and helping you get the most out of your email lists. I'm Kelly Perkins, and with me today is my awesome co-host, Don Mead. Hey, Kelly. Thanks so much for that intro. Uh, I'm going to introduce our guest today because, as usual, it's not just Kelly and I staring at each other. We have some fabulous guests today. We are joined with Ms. Jane Johnson of Pivot Communications. Hi, Jane. How are you doing? Good. Getting all caffeinated for this. Right on. Good well, to be thank, here. You. thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. We also have the lovely Krista Bender, also of Pivot Communications. Hey, Krista. Hi. I'm willing to bet I'm way more caffeinated than Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking that bet. It's true. <laughs> she has a two-hour advantage, though. She's East Coast. Yeah. Oh, there, there you go. I've already drank a monster, and this is my second coffee, so we'll see if we can get a heart attack while I'm on the show. Good Lord. She's taking it okay. up a notch. <laughs> and our final guest for the day, last but not least, Mr. Stephen Picanza of Latin and Code. Stephen, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I've had no coffee. I'm just naturally hyper, so here we are. Great. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes. <laughs> But folks, today we're going to talk about email marketing. Um, just Let's just start off with what's the number one thing marketers have to do to craft a successful email campaign. I have to be honest, when I was in marketing full-time, I was terrible at email marketing. It was like the worst thing for me personally. So I'm here to learn today. Um, Stephen, let's start with you. What's the number one thing you got to do as a marketer for successful email campaigns? Great. I mean, email has been around forever and it's changed, but it hasn't for me and my clients and students and whoever I'm talking to about email marketing. And start with the goal. What are we trying to do here? Is it clicks we're going after? Is it open rates? Are you trying to make them do an action? Whatever that goal is, start there and work backwards. And so I think the number one thing that a lot of marketers aren't doing is they're just being reactive. They're just, oh, I need to send an email because I need to send an email. And then they sit in front of their computer thinking, what the hell am I going to send? And what's the point of this? And what, am I, what, what am I trying to convey here? So to make it as simple as possible is figure out your attribution model. And it's going to change per email. It's going to change per campaign. But whatever that is, stick to that. Wow, great. Got Again, something I lacked when I was working on email marketing. It's like, oh, my boss said, 
yeah, my, my boss said send out emails, so let's make some emails, I guess. Right. Well, right. Just, to, just to add to what Steven said, um, it, it's really critical that you know who you're sending an email to. Yeah. Right. And if, if you send one-size-fits-all fits all emails out to everybody in your database, you are not going to be successful. So, yes, yeah, start with your goal, then figure out who it is you're talking to and what actually is going to have meaning for them. And I, I think that actually is one of the things that we see doesn't happen often enough. Yeah, I mean, proper segmentation. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I think by doing a really good job segmenting your emails, you're going to know how to craft the perfect email for that segment. And you're not going to come off spammy. You're not going to come off inauthentic. You're going to come off, oh, wow, this brand actually understands what my needs are. Right? We actually are trying to address the audience with their specific um, you know, problem in hand. And, and I think that, you know, as, as you know, now marketing, right, the barrier to entry to marketing is so low these days, right? Anyone with a cell phone and a Facebook account who can write a half a sentence could become a marketer. And, you know, I think the problem that we're seeing is there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there where, oh, well, we could do this and we could do that and we could do this as a marketer, but they're not keeping to the fundamentals. And they're <laughs> keeping to... Well, that's why I would say... Um in theory, if you know who your audience is, you could craft the perfect email. In actuality, it's really hard to do. Yeah. And one thing that, that I always encourage my writers to do, and anyone who has anything to do with email marketing should try to do, is read your email out loud to yourself. It's a really simple step, but you'd be surprised how much you can uncover. Just read it out loud to yourself. If you stumble reading it, or if there's something that doesn't quite make sense, you know, that's that's the number one way to identify that maybe you better do a little bit of a rewrite before you hit send. Yeah. Krista, anything to add? Jump on in here. Oh. Yeah, I know. Jane totally took my thing, but, um, you know, I'm going to kind of go into maybe some deeper dive into that is I often see a disconnect in um, a company's brand and then their outreach. Like, you know, it, it, a lot of times they're uh, – website may be big, vibrant colors, and then their email is not the same logo at all or different colors, or it's just a different voice. Like there's often a disconnect that doesn't match. Right. It's an inconsistent experience. And if you create a disconnect for your recipient, you're not going to get the intended result. I mean, every touch point is an opportunity to build trust. And so we need to take that as a marketer. You need to take that. You need to take that seriously. Every touch point is under the microscope. And so, yeah, don't, Make sure your voice and tone and your brand look and feel and make sure there's consistency across the board. And consistency, it just goes hand in hand with email marketing. Don't just send one email out. You've got to be consistent. You need to build trust with your audience. And it's going to take time. And it's going to take a lot of nurturing. So with, with the authentic voices, and then we're kind of jumping off of our little schedule of questions here. But uh, one of the things we've talked about on pre previous shows in the past, you know, ways as marketers to get more people in the company involved in our activities and to get more content so that it doesn't always fall on us. We've always said, talk to your sales team, your engineering team, your, your support team, your guys in the back building racks, ask them what their customers are asking them or if they have some tips or advice. So what, what we're saying though with consistency here is don't just hand an assignment to them and tell them to write it. Just get, get their perspective, get their quotes, get their outline and then we as the marketers craft that into something with the corporate voice or the, the, the brand voice. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some salespeople who are really good writers. 
there are some that are really good at generating ideas for marketers and marketers are better placed to actually finesse the message and the copy. Um, but I think that your sales team, I think you're right, the sales team is a really critical place to go to find out what those messages are that will resonate with the audience because nobody knows better than your sales team. They're out in the field, they're on the phone, they're talking to them, they know what's going to get a prospect excited. They know what's going to make a prospect glaze over. Equally important to know. So I think that's a really good point. Right, right. Um, the, so, oh, go ahead, One of the things that I, I've done, oftentimes I take kind of a fractional CMO role with companies and I'll come in and one of the things that I do to engage a sales staff or just engage staff, and it's simple because sometimes the hardest thing to do is to get them to work with us, right? Everyone thinks marketers is all arts and crafts and everyone thinks if you're a salesperson, you're a prima donna and we all have these preconceived notions of each other. But on their terms, just survey them real quick. Ask them a couple questions. If you ask everyone in the company or everyone within a department, let's just say there's 10 people, the same question, well, now you have my top 10 list or you have great content that you, know, you, can, you can syndicate out. And so I think just including more people within the organization um, making them aware of the activities that's happening within marketing. I think number one, strengthens the team culture and the company culture in general, because we have visibility across the board, but also as a marketer, if you're savvy as a marketer, you're going to be able to extrapolate so much content from there, whether it's a micro piece of content or a long form, you know, white paper or anything in between, but it's all right there. I just think that we need to listen a little bit more uh, than we speak as a marketer. Um, we all have the two ears and one mouth for a reason. I think we need to really um, um, leverage that more when dealing internally. Right. So, we, we, you know, we've talked a lot of already just in the first question here, a lot of great things to do as uh, doing email marketing. What are some of the biggest mistakes, maybe the top two mistakes that people will make when they're trying out um, email marketing? Let's start with Krista. Um, well, the ties back to knowing their audience. I think a lot of times um, people have a dirty database and they don't realize it or don't do anything about it. And when I, I mean a dirty database, it could be from one of two ways. Uh, one, they could have ac accumulated a list over 20 years and never went back and verified if those people still work there, if that's still their names or, or any of that. Um, they just kind of sit there and um, another way is by buying lists. You know, never buy a list. A list is Bull crap! Don't buy that. It's awful because that's it, maybe there is somebody on that list that could potentially use your services, but if they have no reason or understanding of why you're reaching out to them, they're just going to probably mark you as spam anyway. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that's just a huge thing is having a bad database, and then also a. a what always cracks me up is when somebody doesn't take the time to proofread their email, and you have the brackets of the personalization that says "put name here." <laughs> You know, like that's a, that's a big thing of proof. Or it's the wrong name. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the wrong name or Mr. Like, so as soon as I get a Mr. I'm like, up, oh, delete. Yeah. yeah. Something Jane said earlier, um, you know, I think avoiding spamming and avoiding, you know, a lot of mistakes is, is not having, um, you know, the proper segmentation in place and then tailoring your voice and tone to that market. I mean, they signed up to be on that list for a specific reason. Don't all of a sudden start emailing them about something completely different. You're going to be, you know, you're going to have the unsubscri high unsubscribes and 
Um, you know, your, your metrics aren't going to be reflective of your efforts. So make sure that you are segmenting and completely tagging because you don't want to, um, you know, like Chris has said, have a dirty database. You know, you want to have a healthy, healthy list. And the healthier your list is, it's going to come out with, you know, all your great metrics. So really just targeting on your segment and, and understanding that they signed up to be in that list for a specific reason. Give them the reason to stay and to read and to open your emails consistently. Don't use that as an open invitation to now just promote every you know, activity under the sun that, that you want to. And I'll springboard off that a little bit with kind of what you guys are saying about um, buying lists and, 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 and whatnot is I think I've run across a lot of people that just want a huge database, right? Doesn't matter who it is, whatever. We just have this huge database and it's like, no, having a really small database of targeted people that actually want to hear from you is okay, right? Because it's, they're actually the ones that are going to be interacting with you and are interested in getting content from you. So it's okay not to have a list of 10,000 people, you know? So if you're a smaller company out there, don't worry if your list is only a thousand people because if, or even 500 people, because if that list is good, then, th- th- then that, you know, alleviates your goal and actually show, you know, you're getting the content to the people that actually want to read it. Size so doesn't matter quality over uh, quantity, right? right. It's, it's surprising how hard it is to get clients to delete bad contacts. There's like this emotional attachment to that big list. And uh, it, you know, if we can, <laughs> if we can encourage people to, to, um, go through and clean up that list. We've done them a great service. Plus a lot of times it, it actually will save them money because a lot of these uh, marketing automation platforms charge by the contact. So I think we as a marketer, we also need to do a better job at educating them on why vanity metrics don't matter. Right, a vanity metric of having a hundred thousand. You know, there's a great book. I forget who wrote. Maybe it's Seth Godin. I, I forget who it is. But um, uh, I love that uh, term, by the way. <laughs> what vanity metrics? Yeah, that's cool. As, as marketers and as non-savvy marketers are driven by savvy are, are driven by vanity metrics right i have a hundred thousand twitter followers i have fifty thousand instagram followers i have this i have that but when you look and peek under the hood and they don't have an engagement they don't have a loyal following i would much rather have a thousand true fans who will buy anything i put out there than a million people on my email list that don't care about me right and you know it comes back down to what we were saying it's that quality over quantity and i think in the past you know maybe you know, 2010 to 2013, 14, vanity metrics ruled everything. And you wanted to have those large numbers because it validated, you know, it validated your organization. It made you seem you know, a lot more important than you really are. But then when you start to look at the organizations that are killing it, the silent sleepers, they're the ones who have a very small audience, but they are so engaged and they know everything that audience is thinking and they know the problem that audience has. And if you're a product company and you do a really great job at nurturing your audience and understanding them, guess what they're going to do? They're going to tell you what to make next. They're going to say, Hey, brand, if you make this, I will buy that from you again and again. And so will everyone else. And so I think that, you know, as a marketer, we just need to get away from crap marketing and just really focus in what is going to move the needle, you know, with your micro goals and your macro goals and stick to that. Don't get jaded by all these shiny, bright new objects and AI and all this other crap that honestly, in the end, we're people to people. doesn't really matter. How will we become influencers if we don't have tens of thousands of followers? <laughs> Hashtag humor. 
Just that's kidding. A whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So um, when we're building a list, you know, we've, we've talked about this, you know, the most important stuff seems to be before we even hit send or, or, or write, sit down to write the email, but clarifying the lists and um, get, getting our, our mission, so to speak, in place. Um, what's the best way to, to begin? building this list or cleaning this list. Don't buy it. We learned that from Krista <laughs> and experience. But um, yeah, Jane, uh, you know, how would you go about starting or building a list to begin with? Oh, I think it's important to recognize that email marketing is just one piece of your overall marketing strategy. So you can't just start with, okay, I want to have a great list. Content is a place that we really focus on with our clients because if you don't have a great content, you don't have a reason for people to come to your website and if people don't come to your website they're not going to sign up for opt-in for your emails which is the best way to get people to to build your email list is to give them a reason to give you their information and join your email list it 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 is one of those um, pain points that most of our clients have is they don't actually know where a lot of their contacts their old contacts came from they don't know if they're even opted in and so as you're thinking about starting an email marketing program, you know, it starts with bringing people to your website. Are you doing social? Are you putting out consistent blog content? Are you putting together premium content offers? Are you giving people a reason to come to your website, making it a destination? And then once they are at your website, are you, do you have ways for them to actually convert? It's surprising how many websites that we go through and audit that don't actually have outside of a, a contact us form, a way for someone to convert. And, and you should have a way for somebody to convert on every single page on your website. So invite people to sign up for getting a, a recap or a summary of your blogs. Invite people to sign up for your email newsletter. Those are the people that say, yes, I want to hear from you. They're going to be your best quality leads. So, yeah, no, no buying. And uh, Krista can certainly tell you how to clean up an email list because she's done it quite a few times. All right, Krista, oh. tell us how to clean up a list since you've done it quite a few times. <laughs> you get a bucket of water and some soap and rub. <laughs> no, um, there's, there's a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of services that you can use, but um, one of the ways, like when I'm looking at the actual uh, contacts that you have is, is breaking it down by how far back do you want to look at? You know, like if you have a list of, of people that you've gathered over years and years and years, let's say, you know, I'll start play looking at who hasn't um, opened an email, a marketing email within the past year. Sometimes I'll even do it as far, just as close back as six months. But if somebody hasn't opened an email in six months to a year, how many do you have on a list? Also then if, um, if somebody hasn't gone to any page on your website within that six months to a year as well, you know, if there's, you know, or if you've sent them maybe so many because, um, emails, like let's say you email a ton, but you're not getting, you know, great results. You know, if you've emailed them more than 20 times and they've never opened anything, you know, you just kind of start to look at, um, what you have because even before using a uh, third-party list service you can start to see like holy cow like I have you know 10,000 contacts and literally 2,000 are only opening my emails and engaging with me so what are those other 8,000 people doing and then that's when you can take those 8,000 and then you could use a third-party list and run and scrub them through and see if they're still valid if there's still work there um, you know that kind of thing that's that's usually um, how I start and then it 
is really easy after that because if you run them through a service and they say they're invalid, then delete them out of your system unless you happen to know they have a new email address or contact information. Um, and there are some good companies out there that, that do that. Maybe people could reach out to you and ask you. Yeah, like actually, certain the programs. one that I use the most that I love is Zero Bounce. Like they, they're really easy to work with and they provide really good metrics. Like I forget how many ways they break it down, but they break it down, you know, to whether people are like spam alerts or um, invalids or catch-alls or valids. Yeah. Like they give you all these things, <laughs> which is fantastic. Cool. Steven, anything to add? Building a list to begin with or cleaning? Um, yeah, I, it starts with the offer, right? Like, what are you offering them, your audience? You know, you, I think um, Jane, Jane summed it up pretty nicely. Like, you need to give them a reason to sign up <laughs> to be on your email list. Now, are you exchanging that for a premium piece of content, an ebook, a white paper, an infographic? That's, I, I, I subscribe to that school. I think by giving them something of value in exchange for an email um, and then following that up with not just, oh, hey, here's your download, but do a four, five, six-part email series that takes them down even further. So at that point, you're setting proper expectations with your audience. You're telling them what to expect down that you're on their email list, how often you're going to email them, what you'll never do, you'll never sell. So set those proper expectations, but also continue to add value to whatever that download was. And so now all of a sudden you have this really robust kind of funnel that you put together at the marketing funnel. Someone is clicking on whether you're doing a, an, a, an ad, right? If you're doing an ad on this or if it's organic, someone's clicking on that link. They're going to hopefully a specific landing page to where um, there's no header, there's no footer. So we can really keep conversion rate really high. They have one action to do that sign up for my freebie right here. And then from there, get them into a larger kind of um, email cadence. Now, if you're on a website that doesn't necessarily have um, landing pages or your perhaps the UX of your website isn't, um, isn't good, make sure you have clear calls to action. Uh, I say this all the time, like your website, I don't care how, it should be NASA's website, should be so simple a caveman can operate it. A caveman should absolutely know what it is you do, the problem you solve and for who. And then how can they contact you or how can they get on that list? So don't be afraid to have clear calls to action. In fact, if you feel uncomfortable with your call to action, you're probably just barely scratching the surface. We need to be direct. We really need to let them know, hey, in exchange for, for your email, we're going to give you this. And so I built tremendous email lists just by doing that, having the right offer to the right audience and really just trying to add value on the back end. Get them in the damn habit of opening up my emails because if they're not in the habit of opening up my emails, they're not going to open up my emails. So get in the habit of that. So that, that's where I would start. Okay, great. Um, now, right at the top of the show, Kelly promised us we were going to talk about some exciting new things that are happening with email marketing. Um, you know, talking maybe about AI or, or, or exciting uh, trends that are happening. But before we get there, let's go back a second. You know, things have changed in email, but how far have they changed? Uh, one of the things that we were always told growing up, so to speak, always do A-B comparisons, always do A-B tests when, you're, when you are um, creating these email campaigns. Is this the relevant advice? And uh, if so, how, how does that work? Um, Krista, you wanna start up here? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of A-B testing. However, you, you have to, take the results you get from it and apply it. So you can A-B test all day, but if you're not taking what you learn and putting it forward, then it, 
you may as well stop A-B testing, you know, and, and then you have to, it, it ties into what Steven said earlier, you have to figure out, you know, what you're trying to test. Are you trying to test on whether somebody's going to open your email? Are you testing on whether they want to click the content? So, you know, those are going to be two different things. So, you know, you want to test then subject lines of what's going to get people to open up your emails if that's what you're concerned about, you know, and then keep working at that. And when you see, you know, more people are opening this type of wording, then use that for your subject lines. And then when it gets into content, you know, if you're finding that uh, you want to develop more clicks and getting them through to converting, are people clicking more when you have images or is it, you know, certain words, you know, what is the combination that you're using in your copy that's making people click and getting them to uh, do the action you want them to do. So A-B testing is fantastic. You just have to then take that result and keep tweaking it and working with it to push yourself down the line to getting the results you want. Well, and, and two other, uh, I guess, caveats to A-B testing is, well, one, um, you got to have a big enough sample size because what happens sometimes when our clients are running A-B, A-B tests is that the results are inconclusive. And one of the reasons why it could be inconclusive is your sample size is too small. So it, it, you, you may have to increase and do like a 50-50 split rather than doing like a 20% on the test and then sending the winner out to 80 80% the rest um, you may have to do a full 50% split to see which one actually wins and then apply it on your next email uh, the second uh, issue that comes up fairly often is testing more than one variable at the same time if you do that you, you don't know why one performed better than the other so you can only change one thing test it and see if that had an impact. Then you know for certain what the result was. Just like troubleshooting a system, can't change all the cables at once. You got to do it one at a time. <laughs> Stephen, what uh, what's your best A/B testing? Uh... Yeah, I, kind of what um, I mean. What Jane was saying, you know, we have. What are you A/B testing? Is it the creative? Is it the layout? Is it your offer? Is it your message? Is it your voice and tone? Is it did you use an emoji or not in the uh, subject line? All these little things are going to impact, and so. Um, you know, if you're going to A-B test, commit to A-B testing. Don't just do it one time and think you're going to get all the results, but truly spend the time and, and have the resources available because it's, it's not a one-person job. I mean, it takes a while to understand the, the health. I mean, this is all adding to the health of your email list and really understanding what they want. So, I mean, if this is a, a program that you are going and that you feel strongly about you know, going forward with, um, you know, make sure you have it all thought out and there's nothing worse than half-assing, you know, anything really, but half-assing this, um, that, that's where I would start. But usually for us, it comes down to those three things, right? It's about the message, it's about the offer and it's about the creative. One of those three things is what we're looking at when we're doing A-B testing. Okay. So it sounds like just sort of recapping where we've gone so far on the show, uh, most of your work is done before we even send out the email, oh, yeah. cleaning those lists, breaking out who's getting the list, you know, customizing your message, um, you know, bringing in points of view from others in the company. Um, these, these are all great ideas on how to start an email strategy from scratch. Make sure your list is clean and clear and everything. Are there any steps we're missing along there that we haven't discussed yet? Steven, how about you? Yeah, I think another one is what budget do you have to build this email list? It's, it's, you're not going to be able to do it for free. And if you are, you're going to build a very small list. You have to be pay to play. Everything is pay to play. So if you're going to be thinking about putting together an email marketing campaign, well, we need to have an initial budget to start with. 
um, whether that's running ads on Facebook or, or any other social or, um, or even just having budget just to build out great emails or build out a landing page to capture that audience. And so, you know, while, while yes, social media is free, the cost is to do it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny years. The cost to do it right is, is definitely there. Um, and so that's another thing that I think most organizations aren't aware of when thinking about really putting together a proper uh, strategy. Right. Uh, Jane, Krista, what, jump in on, uh, you know, what, what, what have we missed thus far in the show? What, find, starting an email strategy from scratch. What's, what's the missing piece here? Yeah. Have you know, I think I, I, I want to kind of circle back to, again, like that, that message and the intention of the emails, because one of the, the things that will sink you faster than anything else is being really self-serving. If your email is all about you, like, and as a marketer, you're always looking at the results that you know you're going to be judged on. Am I getting enough registrations for this webinar that we're putting on? Because if I don't, I'm going to have a problem. And and sometimes that goal is is very clearly the the primary goal for the email rather than, hey, what is the recipient going to get out of this uh, or the attendee going to get out of this webinar if they, if they choose to register for it? And And so even though Yes, you're going to be judged on how many registrations you are able to generate. You have to always put yourself in the shoes of the person you're sending the email to, the person you're inviting. Why should they attend your webinar? It's, they're not going to attend it because you need to get the numbers. So, so what is that reason? And if you don't have a clear reason that you feel like is strong and compelling enough to get somebody to go, you better rethink that email before you send it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same goes for like uh, nurturing, building a little bit off of what Steven said earlier. Like, great, you get somebody that um, gives you their information, says, yes, I want to sign up and, and send me information, but um, sending them the correct information at the right time. So if they convert it on your website on something that's middle funnel type of uh, content, you shouldn't go backwards and give them, you know, a high level introductory type of information because you want to push them further down towards, uh, you know, making that purchase. So it's, you know, correctly identifying uh, the people that you are capturing of where they are in their buyer's journey so that you can then continue to further nurture them correctly. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing to, th this probably all sounds like a lot of work to people listening as, and mar as marketers could be very daunting to think about, oh my God, I've got to like target everything and, and I've got to customize it and segment my list. But there are a lot of great tools that allow you to create dynamic content. Um, you can put personalization tokens in emails and, and there's a difference. Personalization is referencing known information about a contact, their first name, their title, their company. When we talk about targeting and custom, we're really talking more about the message that we're sending them. And so with some of the tools that we use, what we like to do is even create different calls to action based on who the person is. So in the AV industry, if you're sending an email to a consultant versus an AV integrator versus an end customer, you could send the same email and then use dynamic content to customize that message to the right person. So there's, there are some things that can make a marketer's life a lot easier. Uh, and that's where we start to get into the, the tools and, and the, you know, the fun stuff and you get into AI a little bit, but that might be a little bit more on the chat bot side, which is a lot of fun, but probably a completely different show. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, though, since we brought up AI, um, we want to know, just real quick, as, as, as we're wrapping up the show here, what, what is the coolest campaign or, or, or the coolest project 
in email marketing that you might have done, whether it's recently using some of these new tools, using AI, using chatbots. Uh, give give us a quick anecdote anecdote of what your what your coolest thing might be. Um, whoever wants to start, jump on in there. Yeah, I think chatbots. Even though it's not email marketing, it's still one-on-one -on -one communication per se. And I think chatbots are really, um, it, it's a really great way, whether you're on natively on your website or right? you go to a website and all of a sudden a little icon on the bottom pops up, right? Like the, um, like the paperclip from Microsoft Word back in the day, right? All of a sudden he pops up like, hey, welcome to the website. How can I help you? Um, I think that's really powerful. What's not powerful is if you have too many going on, right? You have one chat bot and then coming up said, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. How can I help you? Then you have something else coming on that says, why did you come to my website? Then you have something else coming on and it becomes <laughs> overwhelming you're um, attacked by all these things <laughs> <laughs> well no no but i'm just saying you know we want to you know you definitely want to be able to make that visitor feel important um and i, I think a chatbot can do really well and especially you know using ai right chatbots and ai it's all about figuring out well if this person says this then we're going to respond with this and having all these kind of flows and the same thing happens on facebook right uh, facebook messenger has chatbots now and they actually can be really powerful and i know some people more on the influencer space who have made a crazy amount of money and have built incredible lists just by really figuring out and hacking that chatbot model in the b2b world i don't necessarily think a social chatbot is the is there yet but perhaps from a web perspective um having a chatbot on there and just being able to again try to service the customer um a little bit more um you know a, a little bit more nurturing through through that i think i think that will go a long way but i don't think we are close to the time when all of a sudden email marketing is completely automated and we don't need a human being at the other end. Um, I, I, don't, I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. Yeah. I think chatbots also can really help you segment your email list because you do gather some really relevant information as somebody works through their, your chatbot tree uh, and you can find out what right. they're interested in, what they're looking for, capture their email address. And, and that is really powerful information to help you deliver that next email series to them that is going to be targeted and relevant to them. Right. Um, so I think it, it is kind of a, a newer thing, particularly for the AV industry. And um, I, I expect that we're going to have a lot of conversations about the role of chatbots in email marketing and kind of that tie in. Um, but I think, a, you know, a really practical way or a tool that is available now would be, looking at dynamic content and personalization. And if your email program can't do that, you're gonna benefit tremendously by getting one that does, because it's going to save you a lot of time. There's study after study that proves, and we've seen this with our own clients, that if you can uh, target, you can personalize and customize your message, you're gonna have better results. Um, but going back to your question about some of the, the things that we work on, and, you know, we. It, it may seem like it's mundane, but we get a lot of satisfaction out of even creating a, a really effective webinar registration page or a landing page where we can embed a call to action uh, message that changes, it's dynamic. So depending on who hits that page, they see something different. And we've set up a lot of those. I, I love those. I think that they're really effective. Um, and those are probably some of our favorite things to do right now, just dynamic content on landing pages. 
Totally. And I think that personalization on a landing page, it's going to drive those conversions up. Um, and we see it all the time. And, and totally curious, what are, is that like a plugin you're using on WordPress that's being able to do those dynamic changes on a landing page? Or is that like lead pages, yeah, so flip we, funnels? We use, uh, we're actually a HubSpot Gold partner. Um, yeah. So we use HubSpot with a lot of our clients, but we also have other tools that, um, we use if somebody isn't quite to the level of using a HubSpot, for example, we have other platforms that we can recommend that will also give that capability. Yeah. So there's, there's some, there's some stuff out there that actually isn't as expensive as people might think. I mean, if you look yeah, at the high end of like a MailChimp, you're in like 300 bucks a month. Right. So if you can get something a little bit nicer for that, then all the better. Great. Okay. Uh, real quick. Krista, uh, last voice on there. Uh, do you have a favorite or coolest campaign or coolest tech you've used in email marketing here in the most recent past? Uh, well, I do, I do like using dynamic content. I use dynamic content a lot um, in emails. Um, I do use it sometimes on different landing pages, depending upon if we know that we're going to have a variety of audience members, because I think it's really cool when you can go to a landing page and like, hey, I'm an IT director for a higher ed institution, and you're actually speaking my language. But then on the flip side, hey, I'm, you know, corporate Susie here, and I, I need to know about, you know, this. And, you know, so I think dynamic content is really cool. And I actually um, recently have been working with a client that we've had very, very good success on a um, pop-up form. I know that sounds silly, but um, not all pop-up forms are created equal because I've been creating them for three years and I finally have one that's like kick-ass right now, getting a lot of uh, hits and, and uh, likes and, you know, you know, gathering of information. So, um, you know, it's, it's perfect, you know, because we're putting it on the correct pages and it's the correct information that people want to see. And, so that's when it's like really cool. Um, that's when I get like super excited because I don't, I don't think marketing is boring in any way, but it's hard for me sometimes personally just to get like some ROI out of it. So like I get really excited with when I see these initiatives have the success that I want to, whether it's, you know, right there or even, you know, going beyond what I, I was expecting. So um, I get super excited then. So then it's like, yay. Then I can turn around and be like, Hey client, we got something super exciting now. We, you know, so that's, yeah, when I get like super excited and then that's when I don't need all the coffee and caffeine is <laughs> when things work. <laughs> right. Right. How do you know you're a marketing person? You get excited by clean databases and pop-up ads. <laughs> Lord. I get, I get excited by good pop-up ads, right? Yeah, there you Messaging, go. you know, not, not the spammy. I mean, uh, the internet is just, we've been there, done that. And we are smarter now and the good marketers are showing their face now because they're, they're looking at strategy over tactics. Well, 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 knowing the internet, let's say we're theoretically smarter now. <laughs> we we on this podcast are definitely smarter now. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much. This has been a great discussion. I personally have learned a lot about email marketing. It's not part it's of my different. current job, but now I know better how to do some things if they ever ask me to do it here. Uh, Kelly, it sounds like you also... Uh, I love this stuff. It's so fun doing this and getting to hear what the latest and greatest is because I'm in marketing, but not in marketing, but in marketing. So it's, it's fun. All so right. thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, going around the bend, one of the things, if you've never watched or, or listened to or been on our show before, uh, we always at the end like to introduce our guests one last time and give you a chance for shameless, shameless self-promotion, telling us where we can find you online or in person. Um, starting on my right on the screen here, Ms. Krista, where can folks find you or Pivot Communications? 
Sure. So if you uh, want to check out Pivot Communications, um, website is pivotslc.com and the SLC is for Salt Lake City because that's where the headquarters are. So pivotslc.com. If you want to reach out to me, the best way is uh, via Twitter and that's Krista, and that's uh, spelled Christ with an A is the best way to, to say that. Um, you can also catch me on Instagram if you like uh, cycling because I'm always posting cycling pics. So. Nice. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Stephen Bacanza with Latin and Code. Where can folks find you and or your company online or in person? Uh, well, for me, because Google me and I have like the first 55 pages because I am the only Stephen Bacanza in the world. Um, so all roads lead back to me. But no, uh, I'm on Twitter at Bacanza. Um, I also am pretty heavily invested in LinkedIn. So you can find me there. And then uh, for Latin and Code, you can just check us out at latinandcode.com. And that's A-N-D code? Yep, A-N-D code. Like or anything crazy. All right, A-N-D no. code. Perfect. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on the show. It was a pleasure for having me today. And of course, last but by no means least, Jane, where can folks find you? We already know where yeah. to find uh, Pivot, thanks to Krista. <laughs> uh, don't Google me because there are a lot of Jane Johnsons out there. <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter at, at Jane underscore Pivot. Uh, you can email at jane.johnson at pivotslc.com. Fantastic. And of course, my lovely co-host, Miss Kelly Perkins. Where can folks find you or NSCA or the Ignite program? Uh, IgniteYourCareer.org is the big initiative through NSCA that I've been working on for the last year. Um, if you want to find me directly on Twitter at Kelly P. Perkins, on LinkedIn at Kelly P. Perkins as well. Fantastic. Thanks for co-hosting as usual. Once again, thanks for our guests. Thanks to you for watching and listening. I'm Dawn Mead. You can find me on the Twitters at AVDawn. You can find me on most social platforms at AVDawn. I'm also on LinkedIn as Dawn Mead. And I am now an end user working for a company that shall remain nameless. But uh, here at Redacted, they still let me play with AV Nation, which means if you need to find me online and you can't find me on the Twitters or the socials, you can find me at avnation.tv. Thanks so much for watching and thanks for being here today for this episode of AV Social. Mm -hmm.